Good morning. It's a privilege to be able to spend some time with you in God's Word. And I particularly chose this passage this morning, Isaiah 55, because I wanted to hear some good news. And I was actually in a time in my life, well, I'm in that time right now, but in the past, I was also longing for some good news. And I went to a church service and they happened to be preaching on Isaiah 55 and the goodness in the text was stunning. And it brought such life and hope and vitality to my soul. I was sitting in a church which happened to be in Cairo, Egypt, and I was feeling um, so many different things. A lot of grief uh, at what I had witnessed during my semester abroad, a lot of confusion, a lot of disillusionment, a lot of pain and sadness. And I didn't really know how my faith intersected with that or what um, I could believe in or hope in. And then I heard the pastor preach on Isaiah 55 and I heard the words and I just came alive and they were healing to me. And so my prayer this morning is that if you are in a place where you want to hear good news, that this passage would be that good news for you. That you would hear God speaking to you through his words, encouraging you, and creating a hopeful future for you. Before we, we read this text, I want to give a little bit of historical background for where this text is situated. So it's in the book of Isaiah, and it's in a section of Isaiah chapters 40 through 55, which are actually a section that is meant to comfort the Israelites who are in exile. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are mostly about judgment and the coming of the exile. But then chapters 40 through 55 are about comfort and hope and healing. And you might wonder, why did the Israelites need comfort and hope and healing? Weren't they God's chosen people? And that's just it, they were. And yet because of their disobedience and unfaithfulness, in 586 BCE, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, the city of Jerusalem was ravaged, and many Jews were deported to Babylon. And so you might hear people talk about the exile, and that is what the exile was. God's people were taken from God's holy city, and they were sent away, they were taken off, and then they were foreigners in a foreign land, without the trappings of the temple and the holy city of Jerusalem. They were lost, and. They didn't know what their future would look like. They didn't even know if they had a future with God. And so that's where our passage comes in. It's speaking hope to the Israelites who were in exile and confusion and despair. So as we go to the word this morning, listen, tune your ears to it. Let it speak life to you.
Isaiah 55. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So like I mentioned, Isaiah 55 is concluding this section in Isaiah that is meant to encourage those who are in exile from Jerusalem. It's meant to create and prophetically announce an alternative future for the people of Israel. And we get to find hope in these words just as the people of Israel found hope in them. I don't need to explain to you how our situation right now is somewhat similar to the Israelites in exile. We are going through our own sorts of exiles in a lot of different ways. And so let us humble ourselves and see what God, what good news God wants to proclaim to his people and to his church. And this morning, I want us to focus on just three pieces 
of good news that can be found in this passage, both for the people of God, the Israelites during the exile, and for us, God's church today. So the three pieces of good news that I found, and there are many more, but the ones we're going to focus on, are God is inviting everyone to come to him. Everyone is invited. Second, God abundantly pardons us when we return to him. God's mercy is unfathomable. And finally, third, even though exile was a real reality for the Israelites, it wasn't their final reality. Joyous homecoming was. And so with that, let's get started with the first piece of good news, which we see at the beginning of the passage, that God is inviting everyone who thirsts to come to him. For the exiles who have been skimping and scrambling to make it work, pinching pennies from the oppressive practices of Babylon, this was such good news. God's generosity is stunning. It stops you in your tracks. Wine and milk without money and without price? This is amazing. It reminds me of when I was a kid and going to the hometown buffet for the first time. I was utterly gleeful that it seemed like every kind of food imaginable was available to me. And in my mind, it was all free. And so in this passage, I see my youthful glee about the hometown buffet magnified. Another way of thinking about it, as if God was a street vendor, yelling out to anyone who would listen, come, come, come. You'll find that the deal that I offer is the best one because it has no cost. Everything that I'm giving, everything that I have to offer, it's free, so come. Not just the wealthy, the powerful, the good-looking or intelligent people or the people who have it all together. Those aren't just the ones who are invited to come. If you are thirsty, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, you are invited. So come to the waters, you who are tired or weary or unemployed or broken down or broken hearted or sinful or angry or simply without a penny in your pocket. God is inviting you to come to come to the waters, to come by wine and milk without money and without price, to come to him. And he doesn't care what you have done or who you are. The price is the same for everyone. It's free. And so we see that this was good news for the exiles. And it's not hard to see that it is good news for us today. We are invited to come and drink the living water that Jesus has brought to us. The second piece of good news that I think we glean from this passage is that our God is one who abundantly pardons. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord 
that he may have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Like I said, the Israelites living in exile were unsure what their relationship with God looked like. They were unsure if the God who had hidden himself, hidden himself from them would make himself known again. They were unsure if the God who had distanced himself would come near. And they were unsure if their sins would be forgiven. But God reassures the exiles in this passage that if they are willing to turn from their ways, if they are willing to return to God, he will shower his mercy upon them. He will abundantly pardon them. And then what I think is amazing in the next couple of verses, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. And this seems to describe God's unfathomable mercy. God's redemption, mercy, and abundant pardon are almost beyond our comprehension. God's ways surely are higher than our ways. Do you desire to return to God, but aren't sure he will have you back? Maybe your old vices have reappeared with a vengeance, or maybe you haven't treated your enemies as well as you would have liked, or maybe you're letting God's still small voice not amplify in your, in your life. Maybe you're letting other voices become louder. Whatever it is that is binding you or enslaving you or keeping you in chains, God wants to set you free. God wants to provide his pardon. God wants to forgive you because that is the unfathomable God who we get to follow and get to worship. And so I invite you to participate in this vocation as a Christian where we get to repent and return to God time and time again. And God will accept us and shower his mercy over us. The third piece of good news that I want us to focus on is that exile is not the final reality. Joyous homecoming is. The last two verses of this chapter imagine the joy and beauty of the return of the exiles to Jerusalem. As they journey back, this is what the Lord says it will look like. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. God is proclaiming and prophetically assuring Israel of their homecoming, where they will be able to return to Jerusalem and start to rebuild the temple and not live as foreigners in a foreign land anymore. What victorious, life-shattering good news this must have been for the Israelites in exile. We get to go home, and all of creation is resounding 
and joy and exclamation over this. Even the hills and the trees and the mountains can't contain their delight. What good news of joyous homecoming. This joyous homecoming reminds me when I was able to have a small homecoming of my own. My family and I, like I know many of you have experienced, were separated during the heart of quarantine. And so after a couple of months had passed, I decided to go and visit them. And so when I walked into the house, the whole family, my mom, dad, and sister enveloped me in a big hug and tears were streaming down our faces. And we experienced such joy at being together that I was finally able to come home. And this is just a small example of a joyous homecoming. Now, I don't know about you, but I've sure had some highs and lows during COVID. Some moments of great joy and also some moments of deep loss and grief. And I think it's important as Christians that we remember uh, the promises of God and the story of God and the new future that God is calling us into and the new life that we already have access to. And when I think of the Isaiah passage and I think of the Israelites in exile who were living in exile and hearing these words of hope, I could imagine that some of them didn't want to believe or didn't have the faith that they would be able to go home. And some of them maybe were lost in hard-heartedness or cynicism or just feeling so separated from God. But I want to encourage us this morning that as Christians, part of our vocation is continuing to reimagine our lives as God sees them and continuing to reimagine our situation as God sees it. And so in the face of COVID separation, uh, which has separated us from our family and friends and church body, we can still remain confident that nothing can get in the way of our love for one another. Nothing can separate us from God's love and from the community that we have found in Christ. And say we are getting lost and paralyzed by our fear, we can remember that where God's presence is, fear evaporates and freedom comes in. And we can remember that God's assuring presence brings peace, brings calm, brings healing in the midst of anxiety and fear. And many of you, even myself, have seen uh, the death or the loss that COVID has brought. But we can be reminded that death also, the greatest of exiles, does not have the final say. God has promised that we have life beyond death God has promised that he has defeated death so that when we pass on, we have the joyous homecoming of being raised 
with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is good news for our time. And so I want us to remember who we are as Christians. Remember that we are God's people in the world, that he is creating a future for us, that he is hopeful for the ways that his spirit is changing and moving and working in and through and among us, and that we can put our hope in him. He has come near, he will not leave us, and he will continue to be our God and his word will not come up empty. I pray that this is an encouragement to you this morning and that God would be ever present with you and your family.